This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Candy, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! and interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? For listening, I'm Tyler Clawson, and this is what's happening this week in our community. Later this year, a half dozen new full-time firefighters and emergency paramedics will join the ranks of the Canby Fire District after it successfully passed its levy increase in last month's election. With official results from the May 16th special district election now certified, Canby's fire proposed five-year replacement levy for emergency services passed easily with more than 60% of voters in favor, 3,900 to 2,535. First of all, we really just want to say thank you to the voters for their support of the fire district and the level of service that we provide. Canby Fire Chief Jim Davis told Now Here This Canby. Davis said the district board of directors did not take the decision lightly to place a new, higher levy district had not sought an increase to its five-year operating levy since 2015, but we really felt like it was our job to provide the information for the voters so they could make a decision about the level of service that they wanted us to provide in the We're grateful that the voters did approve it, and we promised that we will fulfill what we said we would do. Davis and Canby Fire Board Chair Sean Carroll explained the need That has outpaced the district's funding and staffing levels. Since voters last approved an 11 cent increase in the district's local option levy in 2015, emergency calls have increased 56% from 2,284 in 2014 to 3,568 in 2022. It has been a challenge at times trying to service the calls that we've had over the last year. So this will be a good shot to aim for the fire district. On behalf of the board and staff at Canby Fire, we want to thank the citizens of the Canby Fire District for their continued support. The levy will add six new firefighter medics to the district's roster for a total of 24 serving the Canby Fire District and help staff 
Heavy Fire will do a broad recruitment process, but will also continue to develop candidates through a high school student intern program that has been extremely successful in recent years. We are very fortunate that we have such a good intern program with our students, and we are working with the high school to attract more interns. We want to put the word out there that the fire service is for everybody, men and women. It's an all-new generation for Keto A portion of Highway 99E will be closed for several days next month to remove an unused portion of railroad tracks and realign a section of tracks still in use. ODOT says it will remove the unused set of railroad tracks across 99E near South Pine Street and the logging road trail over while realigning those tracks use. The work will require 99E to be closed to through traffic between South Pine and Southeast Hazeldale Way from 10 p.m. Thursday, July 6 through 5 a.m. Monday, July 10. Businesses on either side of the railroad tracks will remain open overhead, and a 24-hour shuttle will be available to carry pedestrians, cyclists, and those using mobility devices around Motor traffic will be toured to Sequoia Parkway, 4th Avenue, and South Redwood Pine Street. Transportation officials say the removal and realignment work will eliminate a potential safety hazard and give everyone a ride. The work was part of the state's long term $20 million overhaul of 99 South Pine and Southwest Parkway, but the need to replace a damaged 1960s era stormwater pipe pushed the bulk of the cleaning until next year. For a detailed map of the project site and detours, find this story on our website at campyfirst.com. Deputies with the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office are seeking help from the public in identifying two men caught on camera in alleged early morning burglary near Malino. Deputies responded to the burglary call around 6.15 a.m. Friday at an address in the 15,000 block of South Buckner Creek Road. According to authorities, two men wearing hooded sweatshirts were breaking into a shipping container on the site. Before deputies arrived, a neighbor entered the property and tried to block the suspect's cars. However, one of the suspects reportedly crashed into the neighbor's car with a white Ford van before backing down the driveway, damaging a trailer the van was towing. The other suspect, driving a blue Ford Expedition, allegedly pointed a handgun at the neighbor before the two left the area on foot. Several units from the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office responded to locate the two suspects, including K-9 units, drones, and the CCSO Air Support Unit. Deputies searched the property and surrounding area for several hours, but were unable to locate them. The suspects left their two vehicles behind, one of which turned out to be stolen out of Clark County, Washington. Both vehicles were seized for evidence. The owner of the shop said the suspects caused the damage to his property and attempted to steal several items as seen in surveillance video captured during the incident. Anyone with information about this burglary is urged to contact the sheriff's office tip line by phone at 503-723-4949 or by using the online email form, please reference case number 23 012042
Community College will celebrate its 2023 graduates in a traditional walkthrough commencement ceremony on June 16th for students earning degrees and certificates, adult high school diplomas, and general education development certificates. This year, Clackamas Community College is awarding 1,141 degrees and certificates and 226 GEDs and diplomas. The youngest graduate is 16. The oldest is 7. College officials say a total of 229 graduates qualified for the honor roll by earning a 3.5 graded point average or higher. 297 major presidents list earning a 3.75 grade point average or higher, and 83 graduates earning perfect. Our graduates are not only students, but they are also parents. to work 
work hard, stand on our own two feet, and not depend on anyone else, Nicodemus said. Some people were raised to use their heads. We were raised to use our backs, and we've been using our backs for a while. That's not just talk either. The Snickerdoodle's days usually start at 4.30 a.m. and end after dark, with one exception being on Sundays. We're always closed on Sundays, she said. For us, it's a resting day, a day for family and for God. I don't know if I would be able to keep going all day if I didn't have Sunday. That's what grounds me, family and God. Boone's Ferry Berry Farms is located at 19602 Boone's Ferry Road Northeast. The farm store and fields are open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturdays. For more information, call 503-678-5871 or visit www.boonesberry.com. Oh, yeah, I did it. I finally did it. I did the one-minute death run on Fortnite. Wow, Tyler, that was awesome, and it only took you 38 hours to do that. What was that? Nothing. Hey, have you ever thought about entering a tournament for prizes or scholarships? Yeah, but, I mean, there's entry fees and stuff, right? Nope. DirectLink, our local internet provider, has just announced a partnership with Fiber Gaming Network to offer free entry for their active broadband subscribers into national online tournaments. Wow, that sounds pretty sweet. How how does it work? Dude, it could not be easier. They have lots of different events each week for gamers of all skill levels. Folks can join the Fiber Gaming Network Discord server and connect with other players to form parties, play together, learn tips and tricks, and more. It's moderated to foster a safe and inclusive environment for all, too. Plus, I even heard that Fiber Gaming Network is working with recruiters from college esports programs to find talented new players. There are actually a ton of college scholarships available for competitive gamers now. Oh, so they have like a community aspect to it, too. That's cool. But... There has to be some catch. Monthly charges, service fees, something. Nope. All DirectLink members on Fiber can participate for free. All you have to do is visit directlink.coop/fgn to learn more. Then click the button at the bottom to sign up with Fiber Gaming Network. I've definitely got to check this out. Wow, they have like the best games: Rocket League, Fortnite, Madden, NFL 23, NBA 2K 23, dude, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Overwatch. Oh my right? God. They even host trivia nights too, and you don't even need a game console to play that. You just join right from your connected device, phone, tablet, or computer. Check out these categories: Taylor Swift, Nintendo, Spider-Man, The Office. Oh, sweet! We are so doing trivia, and we're gonna destroy every. Everyone. No kidding. I mean, you're the biggest Swifty I know. Taylor Swift for life. Visit directlink.coop slash FGN to learn more and sign up for Fiber Gaming Network events today. Well, joining us here on the Kami Conversation today, we're excited to be talking again with Steve Nelson, Director of Development at the Canby Center. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm good. What a great day. Yeah, we are outside the Canby Center, um, out back. Uh, so if you hear a little background noise, uh, that's what's going on there. But we're just, you know what? The weather's nice, so we're just enjoying it. I am looking <laughs> towards summer and just feeling it just now. You Feels know, good. I, I told um, my mom this morning, 
and she uh, lives out here now. And it's like, I wish weather in Oregon was just like a straight line. Like, what is it? I mean, I'm fine with the weather, whatever. But like, why do why do we have like the two, you know, one step forward, then two steps back? It's 90, then it's 60 again, then it's eight. I mean, I'm getting whiplash here. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it feels a little bit like a sailboat out there, right? Yes, Getting wind sometimes. Down, oh, down. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, as much fun as it is to talk about the weather, um, you guys actually have some really exciting news to share. So why don't you tell us all about it? Absolutely. Uh, we have been working towards a uh, cash goal for mm. this capital expansion project of $8 million. Yes. For some time now. We've yeah. been working on it for over two years. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, folks might... Um, wonder about that timeline because it's been public for a few months really in january was a big kind of public push um to get the last million million a quarter or so but um reaching out more quietly to big donors and foundations and things has been going on for a number of years as you guys have been putting these plans together right right well the the process was working really hard to yeah. get to a 90 percent commitment yes. on the funding that yeah. we we're working toward so that we could uh, share it with the public to yeah. raise that last 10%. Coming to the public with, we're almost done and not, we're just starting with yeah. an $8 million goal. Yeah. Yeah, that way the public <laughs> is just really excited about yeah. helping us get over the finish line. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a lot of excitement, a lot yeah. of buzz about mm. the project. And uh, as people have been hearing about it, it's one of those things where uh, this is happening in yeah. Canby. Yeah. And we can all be uh, excited about the future yeah. uh, impact yeah. for this kind of facility. So we haven't got to the announcement yet, but the um, the funding is for what is uh, certainly the largest and most significant expansion in the Canby Center's history. Really, I've been calling it, and I believe, one of the most significant in the community's history. Maybe not in pure dollars. We've had big projects in the industrial center and whatnot, but in terms of impact on the community across a really broad range of, of families and, and across the, the Canby area population, an extremely significant project. So tell us a little bit about what the project's all about for folks that may not have heard or may maybe don't remember the yeah, details. I, I think uh, just the uh, future of Canby yeah. will demand a better opportunity uh, to serve uh, those who are struggling uh, at the poverty line or below. Yeah. Uh, and looking to move forward in their lives. Yeah. We are fortunate in our community. We have a lot of resources for that type of help. But uh, the Canby Center's vision has been to create a hub of those resources, yeah. so a, kind of a one-stop shopping, yeah. if you will, where uh, all kinds of needs can yeah. come to the same place, know that they're going to be treated with dignity, yeah. know that they're going to be uh, encouraged in their process and helped in their process yeah. uh, to move toward a better uh, outcome in their lives. Yeah. And that's that really what is we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're in a big city and you've got all of these resources, but how do you get the people to where they need to go? And just Joe Blow on the street is not going to know, oh, you have this problem. You need to go to X, Y, Z, or you have, you know, this type of, uh, uh, Medicaid or this type of, you know, social services net that you have access to that can send you here. I mean, no, I, it's much easier, right, to be able to have that kind of clearinghouse approach where even if you don't have this specific resource, you at least know uh, where to uh, send them and, and folks know to send them to you guys. So, yeah. yeah. And I think we've worked hard to 
uh, just create a place that yeah. have uh, that, that people can be confident in. Yeah. They're going to find a solution yeah. at the Canby Center. Yeah. And they do find solutions at yeah. the Canby Center. Yeah. Yeah, Lots of stories we could talk about there that are just yeah. full of uh, amazing outcomes. Yeah, well, you guys are already doing incredible work, um, but for, for some years, and the reason that you guys have been working towards this project for several years is the limited amount of space that we uh, have here. So we're sitting in the back yard of the Canby Center, um, uh, which is about half of your lot. Um, and you guys in the, the original building we have um, are just kind of bursting at the seams. You have a number of programs and, and resources and things that you do that all really take place in the same exact space. And you're, it's also your office space and you're, you shift things around throughout the day to try to do all the things that you need to do. And that really is not ideal. Um, for the people you serve and for the uh, uh, the um, uh, stewardship of the resources you have to be able to not have dedicated space for some of these things. Yeah, and, you know, we're not complaining about it no. at all. This is just kind of how we have um, done things. Yeah. But uh, it's very common for us to reset yeah. the main building four times yeah. in, in, a uh, day. in a given day. Yeah. So we'll have, you know, a meeting in the morning. We'll have a harvest share food distribution going on sometime during the day. We're serving hot lunches at another time of the day. And yeah. then we have tutoring going on in the afternoon. And yeah. oftentimes we'll even have a meeting or two going on in the evening. Yeah. So uh, it's busy. Yeah. All of that requires uh, quite a bit of extra work, really, if you can yeah. imagine tearing down and setting up between all of those things. Yeah. So uh, the appeal of the dedicated space is twofold. Number one, we'll have more space. Right. We'll have three times the, the capacity that we have now yeah. to serve people. And then with dedicated space, we eliminate all of that extra work of tearing down, resetting, because yeah. the spaces are already yeah. uh, serving uh, in, in that function, whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, so it allows us to expand uh, the hours that we serve, mm -hmm. you know, for one thing. I think yeah. that's one of the things I'm most excited about. When we have the, uh, the food storage set up, it'll be more like a shopping experience for people at a Costco. Yeah. You know, they'll come in the building, they'll get a cart. And they'll go through the, you know, through the area there and go to the, the warehouse uh, the slots, you yeah. know, and pick out the food that they need. Yeah. There'll be refrigerated uh, doors that they can, you know, shop for that kind of uh, food and then frozen as well. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a really exciting development. Yeah. And it'll serve people for many years to come. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a real... Um, uh, you know, you, again, you guys have not been complaining and have done an incredible job with with the uh, facilities that you do have and, and adapting them to your use. But um, I mean, let's just be honest. This was originally what, like a clothing store, or a Goodwill store, or something. This was not created to store food or to be sort of that Costco like shopping experience. You guys have sort of done that ad hoc. Um, but this is an opportunity to really create, and you guys talk a lot about dignity and how this is, um, you know, really intrinsic into the DNA of what you do. Um, this is the opportunity to really create that type of space as well, to really fulfill that part of your vision. I also do believe that the expansion will, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the not having to switch things over and to be able to expand things you're currently doing, but you will be able to add some new things as well. Um, the job center and classroom space, you sort of have that, but it's, it's really like just a table in the lobby or something, or it's just, you know, it's, it's really, you know, to even say it's not dedicated to the space, it's really just 
added on space in some areas. Um, you'd be able to bring on some uh, partnering organizations to be able to have space here and really create more, even more of that kind of one-stop shop that you've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're already uh, preparing for some expansion in the programs that we offer. One of the areas that's been talked about a lot lately is, um, you know, how to create uh, an environment that meets the needs of homeless people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have a small number of uh, houseless here in Canby. Uh, one of the improvements that's going to be added with the new facility, and it's uh, brought about by uh, donations from two of the churches here in town, yeah. uh, is uh, addition of some showers. Yeah. So uh, those will be available. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Job Center. Uh, we will expand to uh, at least four different stations yeah. uh, with computers at them where uh, people can come in and do job searches and house searches and yeah. things like that yeah. um, free of charge at the Canby Center. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. And then um, by expanding our space, uh, we will have uh, much more capacity for the classes that we do. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the new building is going to have two stores, two, two stories to it. And the upper uh, story will be dedicated to offices and classroom space. Yeah. And the classroom sp- space is dividable. Mm-hmm. So we can, you know, create kind of the, the right size, if yeah. you will, for the classes that we do. Yeah. But having that dedicated space will allow us to expand our programming in the adult life skills things that we do. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty exciting to yeah. think about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess uh, we've teased it enough. Do you have some news <laughs> to share with us Man, about do uh, I? funding this project? Absolutely. So. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned before we've been uh, pushing hard to get to what we call the cash goal. Yeah. And this is uh, the funding that's committed to pay for the building expansion mm-hmm. and then also program expansion yeah. and replication of our model. Yeah. Uh, I think I've shared a little bit that uh, there have been... Um, uh, at least 10 other communities in yeah. our state who have come to the Canby Center to talk about how we are doing things. Yeah. They see the need in their own community. They see the lack of that level of service and that yeah. type of service. And they see how we're doing it and that uh, it is successful. Yeah. And they have come to say, hey, can you help us yeah. get this going in our community? I see. And so. I don't want to get too political by any means, but you you see um, folks kind of grappling with this. This issue is everywhere. I mean, to, yeah. to, to just start, it's in every community, whatever size. There are folks that are, uh, you know, facing houselessness, uh, facing poverty, and and all that comes with that. Um, and then from different sides of the political spectrum, you see folks kind of struggling with that, like maybe more to the the left not seeing the effectiveness um, that some of these programs and some of these more kind of, I don't know if the PC term is or whatever, but some of the more kind of handout type programs that maybe aren't making real change, more more kind of keeping people at the same level. And they're kind of looking at the Canby Center and seeing that you guys are uh, maybe not 100%, right? Nothing's going on, but having a real impact uh, better than a lot of these other kind of peer programs that don't have the same type of approach that you guys have. Um, And then more from the right, they're more looking at maybe some of the the issues, some of the, um, you know, folks camping outside of homeless centers and things like that, or or food banks and things like that, and seeing some of the, you know, even in Malala, they're having issues with some of that at their warming center, things like that. 
um, that you guys again don't have that you've managed to avoid because uh, uh, again um, you're really focused on that kind of empowering and meeting people exactly where they're at getting them what they need um, but working really hard to to show them and and um, kind of bring them along to uh, empowering themselves to not stay at the same level, you know, to really show them uh, that they're capable of reaching whatever goals that they may have. Yeah, I think that uh, a couple of things that we've observed in uh, serving here are, number one, that most of the uh, strugglers Mm. are dealing with uh, just isolation. Mm -hmm. And this... uh, condition keeps them from even having the desire to uh, move in a better direction in their lives. Uh, So our programs are all based on relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we have observed is that uh, when people know they're cared about, uh, when they are connecting with others in the community and encouraged by others in the community, they want to move forward yeah. in a better direction. If you don't care about yourself, if you don't believe that you have anyone that cares about you, if you have no um, uh, you know, self-esteem or believe that you're capable of anything more, like what's going to motivate you, right? To, right? to rise above your situation. Right. And, and so the converse of that is also true, and we're seeing it happen, where yeah. people come in and, you know, they came in uh, just maybe empty and uh, spent. Yeah drained out you yeah. know and they're given an opportunity to connect with other people yeah. and then to give uh, a little bit of their own uh, equity if you yeah. will into uh, helping the organization yeah. this is one of the things that's uh, also a kind of a standard yeah. of our work is that uh, that area of personal responsibility yeah. what we have found is that people's dignity can be renewed when they're doing something yeah when they're producing something that uh, is helping the organization or others. So that's a big part of what we do. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears? Even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim? So their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle. Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm te- I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net.
Um, we just expect people to do that. We share that with them, and we ask them to give one hour a month right. of volunteer That's, time. I wanted to say that because uh, if folks start to listen to this and think, "Oh, they're putting up barriers," or they're making this, you know, sort of a uh, you have to work for us part time or whatever. To, um, to do, it, it's not. It, it's really. It's more of a symbolic, just sort of gesture than anything. I mean, I bet it, uh, that one hour doesn't make a huge difference necessarily to to actually um, reducing a huge amount of the workload here or whatever, right? But it's 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 just that um, that uh, gesture that you have something to contribute, you know, and that this is uh, not for free necessarily. I mean, like that, that uh, number one, uh, you know, we, we don't have the ability to just do nothing's for free, right? But also that, yeah, you're worth something and you have things to contribute. I think that really, and I bet you see a lot of folks that, that um, come in and do more than the, uh, they find that they enjoy it. Oh, there are <laughs> stories of people, you know, who uh, have just thrived yeah. on, on having the opportunity to do it. I yeah. think of one gal who came in a couple years ago. Uh, she was really quiet mm. and just sullen. Mm. Uh, her home situation was volatile and destructive. Yeah. And when she uh, came to the Canby Center, she started coming to us as a refuge, a place where she could be safe. Yeah. Uh, she went from that kind of uh, demeanor yeah. that we saw to a person who was just outgoing and yeah. friendly and full of life, full of joy. Yeah. Uh, through her time at the Canby Center over several months, yeah. uh, she got a chance to get uh, some protection and yeah. more safety at home. Yeah. And, you know, over time, she got to a point where she was working full time, providing for her family's needs. Yeah. Uh, just excited about life and you know I mean that doesn't happen for every person coming through the doors but those are the kind of success stories that are common here yeah and uh, you know that's one of the reasons why we do what we do yeah yeah I keep interrupting you but we we came in with this <laughs> cash goal <laughs> yes yes so we're back to eight million dollars again yes <laughs> so um, you know, the public phase has been really exciting to yeah. see the progress made. Uh, donations coming in from private parties, from businesses. Yeah. Um, not too long ago, we got some interest from the Clackamas County Commissioners. And when they found out about the project, when they found about uh, more about the work that we were doing, yeah. they were so enthusiastic yeah. about our work. Yeah. And uh, just this last Wednesday, uh, the Clackamas County Commissioners voted to uh, give the Canby Center $640,000 in support of our project. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, that is coming through ARPA funds, yeah. uh, federal funding that's been uh, in the process of being allocated over yeah. the last couple of years. And so that just pushed us over the edge there. Yeah. And, and we have now arrived at that uh, cash goal of $8 million. Yeah. Uh, now we're down to the the last part, which is that Thriving Together Fund, yeah. uh, which we have set aside $750,000 goal to uh, support the building maintenance needs maintenance needs for the long term. Yeah. Um, we have raised already $250,000 of that, mm. so we're down to the last $500,000 to yeah. go on that part. Yeah. Um, but we're ready to start digging and putting yeah. up a building. Yes. Awesome. Amazing. So we're sitting here and where it's going to be. The, yeah. Yeah. The... the can be uh, doubling the footprint, but tripling the square footage because this part 
that we're in is going to be two stories. You mentioned that. Yeah, I yeah. think where we are is going to probably be the freezers. Okay. So you and I should well, be wearing jackets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Feels pretty comfortable right yeah. now, but yeah, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe in a few months it'll be different. So. Um, yeah, I guess, so tell us what the timeline is going to be, uh, look like, since we do have that uh, cash goal to be able to push forward with the actual construction. Right, so uh, right now we're in the process of selecting the builder, Yeah. primary uh, builder for the project. Uh, we're getting bids on all the different aspects of it. Yeah. Uh, we believe that the timeline will kind of kick off in uh, September. Okay. Uh, with digging holes and starting to put, uh, you know, the foundations in and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the total build project will be about a year, mm-hmm. uh, which will be split up between about seven months of uh, new construction. Yeah. Once that's completed, we'll move from the existing building yeah. into the new building. Yep. And then uh, the follow-on step is to do the retrofit in right. the old building, the v- building that we're in right now. Yeah. So that everything will be tying together properly and all yeah. that. So yeah. total timeline will be about a year. Yeah, yeah. You think you'll um, keep the same kind of contractor doing the whole project, or will you have different groups take I'm different sh- parts of it? Or? I'm sure there'll be subs involved, but yeah. we expect to have one general contractor sure. uh, leading the charge on this from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I think you know another important thing is that we do intend to keep our services going yeah. during this time. Yeah. Uh, we're working with uh, St. Patrick's mm-hmm. in kind of a tandem uh, effort to ensure yeah. that the services are going to be there for people. Yeah. There may be a little bit of uh, back and forth between uh, their facility and ours yeah. to uh, to make things work. Yeah. But we'll make sure that everybody's uh, clear on how that rolls and, yeah. and the timing of it. And yeah. So forth. Yeah. Um, you talked about this some, Steve, but I, I'd love to hear more, uh, just as you kind of reflect a little bit, and I'm sure you'll be uh, looking back on this for, for years to come, but um, this part of the public face and just kind of what it was like, I mean, to, to have um, uh, so much engagement, so many opportunities to, to talk to people, um, to have folks, I'm sure, you know, some giving $5, some giving what they can, you know, but just... just uh, so so many folks um, with similar hearts uh, of coming uh, on board with yeah. what you with your vision and your your team's vision for what you uh, want to do with this specific project and then use that to do in the future here in Canby. What has that been like? Uh, I will tell you, it's it's been like uh, riding a really awesome wave. Yeah. Because you know we have a lot of passion yeah. about what we're doing. Sure. Uh, we know what why we're doing it yeah. and that fills us with a lot of uh, energy yeah. to see it happen but underneath all of that was yeah. this amazing uh, outpouring of compassion yeah. from our community yeah. individuals saying I'm this is what I can do I'm going to do everything I can and yeah. here's what it is today this is this is uh, I hope going to help you yeah. uh, just to, throughout the area yeah. we got uh, communication and help from individuals uh businesses saying okay here's what i do in yeah. my business what can i do to help yeah and uh just exciting examples of businesses stepping up yeah. and supporting this work and i know there's more of that to come yeah you know uh and then uh just the uh, the support from the churches in the area yeah. praying for our project praying for our energy yeah uh you know praying for god's favor on yeah. our project and, and all of this 
Um, all of that together has just really been this underlying uh, force yeah. that's driving us forward and uh, just a joy to be a part of it. Yeah. I feel so proud of, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. can be, I feel proud of uh, yeah. our team yeah. and all of it. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I want to ask you specifically about uh, the county and the commissioners because, um, you know, uh, uh, unusual um, for you, what the Community Center does in your sort of support matrix, um, it, it's uh, in, in the social services world, it's unusually uh, sort of balanced away from government support. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this project, I, I think, received its first government, uh, the Canby Center's first public funding in the form of a, a significant grant from the state of Oregon before the public uh, phase started. Um, the county, you know, obviously public support, their federal ARPA dollars that are uh, passed through dollars that, that they allocate based on um, community recovery, which you guys are a big part of here in the Canby area. Um, but they're also uh, people, you know, elected officials that have uh, come here, that you've talked to all of them, you came and presented to them, kind of heard their hearts and, and whatnot, um, as far as what they thought of your project and your work. Um, so I just want to ask, yeah, is there anything you want to sort of share about that process? Um, obviously, the gratitude I'm sure you mm-hmm. feel for, for the county support um, that they were uh, able to allocate, because I know they were making tough decisions about the ARPA dollars and, and where those needed to go. Um, so, yeah, just uh, that that's, again, not sort of necessarily your wheelhouse of, of talking to government officials and whatnot, but this yeah. was a little different where they're community members as well and really uh, engaging in the process in a, in a real way, I feel. I feel like that was uh, probably the biggest surprise mm. in all of the fundraising um, planning that we did. Yeah. We thought uh, when we first started out working on this project that there might be some connection yeah. with uh, government agencies yeah. that would want to fund to some degree, but we didn't anticipate uh, the level of excitement about yeah. the project right, right. and then the follow-on uh, commitment yeah. to see it through. And yeah. uh, I've been so pleased that we've been able to strengthen our relationship yeah. uh, in this area. Because you're right, we don't typically reach out to yeah. government agencies for this type of uh, support. Yeah. Most of our support comes from individuals in the community. Yeah. It comes from uh, smaller private uh, foundations yeah. who uh, align with yeah. the kind of mission that we have. Yeah. So, uh, but I, what I think uh, I would say we we learned through this process is that there is some alignment. Mm. There's some alignment between uh, government agencies and you know seeing something special happen yeah. in our community. Yeah. That is going to benefit. Um, those who live here and because we have such a, a great track record yeah. of uh, meeting these needs here in a m- super effective way yeah. uh, at no cost really yeah. uh, to those who are participating and at no cost to uh, government agencies yeah. uh, there's this sense of confidence that you know our mission means something yeah. uh, we're going to carry it through and their role is to just uh, give us some help along the way yeah yeah, and that's happened. I, I think um, watching particularly that uh, presentation that uh, Director Keen and some other folks from the community joined in and um, the initial request to the commissioners and hearing their response, 
to me, you really got the sense that they they got it. You know, just it's simply in terms uh, in those simple terms that they really seem to um, understand what this was all about. You know, and really like you use the word excited. I, I think I'd agree with that. They really seem to to be excited about uh, what you were kind of giving them opportunity to join in. So absolutely, yeah. and, and I think too that uh, it's hard to ignore the potential for what that may mean in the future yeah you know as as this building is up and running and functioning well could it be a model that other communities would uh, benefit from yeah yeah uh, we feel excited about that future too cool, cool. Uh, last thing i wanted to ask you about is um yeah, so we hit kind of that cash goal. The project's moving forward. Still some needs, still some opportunities for folks to support. Um, uh, there's the, uh, the buy a brick program where folks mm-hmm. can um, really leave a kind of uh, lasting legacy that they help support this or that maybe someone or some cause that they want to remember mm-hmm. um, is, is permanently a part of uh, sort of the historical record of this. Um, are there maybe a few things that you want to talk just as we kind of move forward of uh, how folks can continue to uh, be part of this if maybe they haven't yet and they're like, oh, shoot, did I miss my chance or whatever? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's a good reason why we set up this uh, Thriving Legacy Fund, yeah. which is that $750,000 uh, plan yeah. to make sure that the building is cared for well yeah. uh, after we build it. Often uh, programs li- or processes like this, projects like this, they uh, get all the way up to the building is finished, but they haven't planned for that future. Yeah. And then five years down the road, you know, there's a stumbling block because now we need a new roof yeah. and we don't have the money to do that. How yeah. are we going to make that happen? And yeah. uh, so that's a common thing. And we uh, just wanted to plan ahead so yeah. that that's not our experience. Yeah. So uh, what people can do now, and I think it's a great tie-in with this idea of the, you know, uh, preparing for the future for this building, is the Buy a Brick program. Yeah. So people can go online at uh, thecanbycenter.org mm-hmm. uh, and find out the details on that. But you can buy one of three different sizes of bricks, mm-hmm. and then you can uh, select a message that you want to add to that brick, so yeah. it'll be permanently part of the future of Canby. Yeah. Those bricks are going to be uh, artfully displayed uh, on the entryway. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be really cool. I think it'll be super for people to be able to point to their kids and their grandkids and say, see that brick? That's us. Yeah. You know? So it could be a brick in memorial of someone. Yeah. Uh, it could be a brick uh, celebrating, mm. you know, a message that you want to share. Yeah. Uh, it might just be, you know, honoring uh, someone who uh, you know has given a lot to the Canby Center or the community of Canby. Uh, All kinds of uh, ways to use that opportunity and uh, that funding will help us close the gap on that final number for the Thriving Legacy Fund. Yeah. Uh, of course, people can, uh, you know, we've had several gifts come in through uh, estate plans. Mm. So, you know, including the Canby Center in your will yeah. uh, or a trust would be another way to really make a significant difference for that Thriving Legacy Fund uh, at this point. Yeah. And if there are questions about that, I'm happy to talk with individuals about it. Cool. Um, or your, you know, financial planners or attorneys. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, Steve. Congratulations to you and your team for all your hard work to make this happen. Thank you for your work. 
and um, uh, serving the most vulnerable folks in our community and really thoughtfully and prayerfully coming up with this um, plan to continue to do that, to expand on that uh, in the way that's needed and to um, uh, really carefully kind of look ahead and, and plan out what you know is going to be needed in the future. So um, I know it's not easy. I know uh, it, there are challenges along the way. I know that the excitement that you have been feeling lately was not always what you've been feeling this year. Um, but, but yeah, thank you. And thanks for your time talking to us today. You're welcome. It's a joy. Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in uh, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. They're sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, Odd Pod senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe, and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.